Welcome to the Bethany Community Church Sermon Podcast. This ministry is intended to inspire you and help bring solutions to the challenges of life. Today's message is titled, Knowing God, Making Him Known, and it is part of the BCC Next Sermon Series. For more information about other ministries here at Bethany Community Church, check us out at our website at bccma.org, or you can always send us an email at office at bccma.org. And now, here's Pastor Phil McCutcheon. Good to see all of you back today in the house of the Lord. Uh, You know, God has a plan for your lives. And the Bible even talks about how that God has ordained in the book of Acts, this verse about how God has ordained where he set the boundaries and he's ordained where we would even live. So if God has ordained where you would live, he's ordained, uh, if he's ordained the very neighborhood you would live in and the people you would be around, I believe he's ordained the church you would be a part of. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, 18, God has placed the members in the body where he will. So it's no accident that you're here today. It's no accident that you're part of this service. God has a plan for your life. And God is a God who puts everything together. He doesn't do things piecemeal. You know that? He doesn't do things piecemeal. He doesn't go, okay, you've got your private life over here, and and I've got a plan for that, and then I've got a plan for this church down there, and you can go visit that church once in a while because I've got a plan for them, (laughs) and then I've got a plan for this place where you're going to work. No, God puts it all together. God has a plan for us to do life together. That is so biblical, and I'm going to show you that in a, uh, throughout this series. God has a plan for us to do th- things together. God has a next step for your life, my life, our life. Amen? So um, a key verse in this series is going to be this. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. So that's what we want to talk about for the next few weeks. We want to talk about attending to what God reveals for us to do. Uh, For this series, we want to break it down into four next steps. Four next steps for your life personally, for our lives corporately. They are this. Next step number one, God wants us to know him and make him known. That's, that is key, and by the way, these next steps aren't just like a linear fashion where you take them and then you, you forget them, you know, like you, you did like with the stuff you learned in college. You, you learned it, and you quickly forgot it because you probably don't need it that much. You probably, you probably had to lear, uh, learn different skills when you went to your job or Our knowledge becomes so obsolete so fast these days. Well, this with God, it's never like that. When God gives me a next step, I'm going to keep taking that next step the rest of my life. But that next step's going to get deeper every time I take it. Every time I take it. So this step of knowing God and making him known is something that I've been a Christian for a long, long time. (laughs) And I've been a Christian for a very long time, and I am still getting to know God in a deeper way. The second next step, God wants us to receive and demonstrate personal freedom. God wants to deliver us from our hurts, our habits, and our hang-ups. God wants to deliver us from our hurts, habits, and hang-ups. God wants to make us 
not only, not only with this uh, uh, idea of being blessed, but God wants us to experience that blessing in our personal lives and our daily lives. And he wants a church, he wants a congregation to be a place where people can go to that church. And not only can they get uh, signed up for eternal life, but they can also get free. They can, they can get emotionally healthier. They can become free of, of oppression free of demonic powers. How many still believe there's demons in the world? Every time I start to doubt there's a God, I start getting all this evidence there's a devil. So then I go back to believing there's a God <laughs> because there's so much evidence that the, the, the horrific things that happen in our world every week, some, some of them can only be explained by the fact that there are demonic powers that want to cripple us and and, and bring us into bondage in our lives. Well, the, the church is supposed to be about destroying the works of the devil. Amen? I'm glad it's, it's a good place to say amen. We're supposed to be about destroying the works of the devil and delivering people. We need to be a place where people can go, I can go to that congregation, and I, I, they believe in the power of God over the demonic powers that have taken over my life, and I can get free. Number three, next step, God wants us to discover our purpose. You have been put here with a purpose, and I want to be a part of a church that helps me to discover my purpose. That's something this church has done for me, by the way. You have the congregation to help me to get better and better discovering why I'm here and what I'm, what I'm, what I'm designed to do, and oftentimes you help me know what I'm not designed to do. <laughs> Don't stop doing that, Pastor. You're not good at it. Let this other person who's designed to do that. We want to help you discover your purpose. God put you here. Uh, you're not an accident. You're not unplanned, as the, as the new movie that's out talks about. You are planned, ordained by God with a purpose. So that's number three. Number four, next step, God wants us to make a difference in the lives of others. We want Bethany Community Church to be a place that releases you to be a difference maker in the lives of others. This church, this church will not see its purpose if it's just the Pastor Phil show or the Pastor Jay show or the, 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 the Pastor Shane show or the Pastor Brandy show this, or Pastor Sherry show. This church will only know its potential when every one of you to discover that you're called to be a difference maker. And that we, can, we have to do our part, yes. Leaders have to do their part. But if leaders just do their part, if you don't discover that you're called by God just as much as we are. You know, in fact, I'm going to be talking about this in the series, but I'll give you a little pre preview. Because what, sometimes we misunderstand, that, that we misunderstand the, office, the office of ministry for, for, for the ministry of the saints. I'm a pastor, okay? That, 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 is, that is an office God has called me to. So it's, uh, uh, pastors are gifts to the church. Pastors are gifts to the church. They're, 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 pastors are around to guard, guide, and govern. And so they're gifts to the church of Jesus Christ. But the Bible says the, the purpose of pastors is to equip the saints for ministry. To equip the saints for ministry. A lot of times we call the pastor the minister, and that's a misnomer. We shouldn't call the pastor the minister. The pastor's not the minister, when I do ministry, I'm not being a pastor. And I, I do ministry, by the way. I go to the hospital and visit people. I, I do counsel people who are in crisis. I do offer people comfort. I do pray over people. But when I'm doing those things, I know some of you think, well, he's being a good pastor. No, I'm not being a good pastor when I do those things. 
I'm not being a bad pastor when I do those things. But I'm not being a good pastor when I go to the hospital or when I visit people. I'm being a good saint. Right? I'm doing what, you, what, what you're supposed to be doing. Now, I have to do that because I'm not just a pastor. I'm also a saint. I'm a saint first. But, but the ministry is supposed to be done by the saints. So uh, that, we're going to talk about that <clears throat> in a few weeks. Now, God has made it very clear that the context of a relation with, with him is to be within the community of believers. I could give you a dozen passages that make this point, but I like this one, and I'm going to read it from the Message Bible that really sums it all up so beautifully. Romans chapter 12, verse 4. Uh, by the way, can somebody bring me a bottle of water? I need, uh, the windmill needs some priming today. Uh, we are like the various parts of the human body. Each part gets its meaning, thank you, gets its meaning from the body as a whole. Not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body. But as a chopped off finger or a cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? So since we find ourselves fashioned into all these excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts in Christ's body, let's just go ahead and be what we're made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we aren't. If you preach, just preach God's message, nothing else. There's a lot more in that passage. <coughs> but <I'll coughs> me. I wanted to set the tone with it today. So, number one, God wants us to take our next steps together. Number two, God wants to bring others into their next step. We are called by God to always be creating movement. Always moving one another into our next thing that God has for us. So every time you meet a new guest, if you meet a new guest here today, what do you want to move them into? I'm talking to Bethany church people, regulars. What do you want to move that guest into? There's a few different words you could use. I can't hear you. What? Community. Yeah, that's good. Connection. You want to you move them into being your friend. So, so life, it, it, when, I, when we discover our purpose in life and our value in life, it's all about movement, and it's, it's, it's so much fun. You, you know, there, there, there's two different words here. Static, dynamic. Which word, do you, which word sounds good? Static. Dynamic's a lot better, isn't it? If you turn on the radio and you get static, it's not very pleasant, right? But if you turn on the radio and you get tuned in, it's, it's dynamic. Matthew 4.19, Jesus said, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Now, uh, we know fishing in those days wasn't like what most of us think of fishing. Most of us were probably looking forward to summer and you, some of you got your gear out already and you're looking forward to going fishing. I talked to a brother of the day, he loves to fish. And so, so you're thinking about, you take a rod and reel, you go out by yourself, probably maybe even all by yourself early in the morning. I used to do that when, when I used to fish when I was a young man and loved to go fish. Early in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, get up and go to the lake or go to the river and love to fish. Well, that, that's not the kind of fishing Jesus was talking about. The kind of fishing he was talking about required a team. It required brothers and sisters. It was net fishing. 
they would all go out and they would all hold the net. And together, together, they would have this great catch. See, I, li- I love this phrase that I learned from, uh, uh, from a group of Catholic charismatics when I first started pastoring. They used to say to me all the time, none of us have it all together, but together we have it all. I love that statement. And you should learn that, right? Turn to your neighbor and say, none of us have it all together, but together we have it all. So to take our next step, we have to agree on vision and strategy and go forward with purpose. 1 Corinthians 12, 25 says, there should be no division. There should be no division. Now, break down the word division. We all, we all know what vision means. It's the ability to see. It's the, it's the ability of clarity. Well, you, you, you know what the, that prefix, die, in front of the word vision What does it mean? It means two visions. Two visions doesn't mean one person's right and another person's wrong. It just means you have two visions. What happens if you try to walk around with double vision? You're going to stumble. You're going to fall. A lot of churches stumble and fall because people, people, the leadership and the people don't get on the same page. We don't develop the same vision. We don't develop the same vision for what we're trying to accomplish, what we're trying to be. We're going different directions. Well, that's what we want to do in this series is we want to get on the same page. It's kind of like the, <coughs> the blind man and the elephant. You remember the story of the blind man and the elephant? They're all, they're all blindfolded, but they're feeling a different part of the elephant. So the guy who's, the guys who's got a hold of the leg thinks, thinks this, this creature looks like a tree. You know, the guy who's got to hold the trunk thinks this creature looks like a snake. And, you know, the, the, the guy who's got to hold an ear thinks this, this, this creature's like a giant leaf. And so they all had different ideas of what, because they didn't have their eyes open. Well, what we want the Holy Spirit to do in the church is open our eyes so we can see what God is going to do. The marvelous, incredible, wonderful thing. I don't want to get to heaven. I don't want to get to heaven and find out. God, you had this great plan for these people that met at 15 Cape Road. You had this great plan that they, you had, a, you had written out what they were supposed to be. You had written out a vision for them, but they didn't go and read your vision. So they, they, they limped along and they managed and they managed to pay the bills and they, they, they acquired some property and they, the, all of this, but they missed. They missed the legacy and the dynamic thing that I was trying to do in their community through them. I just can't, that just breaks my heart that I will miss and you will miss and we will miss together the grand vision that God has for us. And, and I, I'll be the first to admit that it's taken me a while to be where I am today in my thinking. And I, I'll admit there were times in the past that I didn't fully understand how much we all need to be engaged in this and how much, how much we need to have unity. I, I, I think of the verse of Scripture, uh, the passage in the, in, in the book of Genesis where God goes down to Babylon and, and he sees them and they're building this tower that's going to be a monument to humanity and it's going to be competition with the Most High God. They're going to go up to heaven and bring God down. They're going to, they're going to control God. And God says something very interesting. If we don't confuse their languages, there won't be anything they won't be able to do. You ever think of that passage of Scripture? You ever think of that story? You ever think of what that means? 
that God, what's God saying? I know that was a negative that God wanted to stop. And so God confused their languages. And, and that's why we use the word babble to, to mean confusing and not understanding. But think about that. I'd like to put, I'd, I'd like to think that the devil and his cohorts are looking down at Bethany Community Church and the people that are here, those of you here, and saying, if we don't disunify them, if we don't confuse them, if we don't get them speaking, saying different things, if we don't create misunderstanding among them, there's nothing they won't be able to do. I believe that conversation is happening right now. It's like Napoleon Bonaparte one time. They said he went over to a map and he pointed at China and he said, there lies a sleeping giant. I believe the devil has a map in his war room. And I believe, I really believe it with all my heart, and I'm not kidding you today. I believe he's pointing at Bethany Community Church and he's saying, there lies a sleeping giant. God has blessed them. God has given them giftings and creativity. God has given them finances. God has given them a position in the community and a, and a reputation in the community that is, that is really excellent. There lies a sleeping giant. They, I better not let them wake up and figure out who they are. I better not, I better not, I better not, we better not let them get all focused on the same thing, trying to do the same thing and have the same goal. We better not get them, we better keep them divided, everybody kind of doing their own little thing, and I've got my little ministry over here, you got your little ministry over here, and somebody else has got their little ministry over here, and they may all be valid little ministries, or not even little, they may be big ministries, but it's, it's what the, in the business world they call siloing. We're not on the same page. I'm not saying we're not, by the way. We're, 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 doing, we're on track uh, to do this. I believe this with all my heart. There's no limit to what God can do if we share the same vision. So what's next? I want to give you three things today in the next few minutes. And uh, uh, the three things that, that are, uh, I want to break down. I want to tell you what is next today. Is, I have one thing that's next, and I want to break it down into three talking points. Knowing God and making him known is what today's message is all about. Knowing God and making him known. Now, how are we going to know God and make him known? Um, I know that's a very spiritual-sounding idea of knowing God and making him known. It is a very spiritual thing. But sometimes we forget something. And there's a little verse I want to get to in a minute, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 46, or 1 Corinthians chapter 15, that gives us a principle that sometimes we forget when it comes to knowing God and making him known. That is that knowing God doesn't always begin in the supernatural, amazing spiritual realm, but it begins in the physical. So number one, Bethany Community Church, you and me, we are called by God, I believe, to fix the physical and material barriers to people knowing God. Fix the physical and spiritual material barriers to people knowing God. I've noticed this in churches that are really finding their purpose, churches that are really making a difference in their communities, churches that have dynamic worship services, and churches that are doing, are, are, are really reaching their communities, as, as we are as well, by the way. This, see, by the way, let me say something. You don't have to be sick to need to get better. 
I said, you don't have to be sick to need to get better. I'm not saying you're bad and, and we're bad and we're sick and we're awful. I'm not saying that. It's just like, it's just like I, I'm a football fan, you know that. So I paid attention to the draft the last couple of days. And I watched teams that were championship teams last year saying, let's get better. Okay, so that's all I'm saying in this series and in this sermon. So fix the physical and material barriers to people knowing God. We sometimes forget the physical. We forget that we are, first of all, natural. The, the, here's the scripture, 1 Corinthians 15, 46. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and after that, the spiritual. Isn't that an interesting verse? Isn't that a very interesting verse? The spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and after that, the spiritual. I like a, a guy named Bob Thune. Um, uh, pastors of church, I believe it's called Image Deo Church. And he said this the other day. He said, and, and you're not going to be familiar with this word. I'd never seen it before either, so don't feel like I'm, uh, you're not as smart as me or something. He said, he said this, be careful of excarnation. Now, now that, like I said, that's probably a brand new word. I think, I think somebody made that word up. But we do know what the word incarnation means, right? Incarnation is what happened when the, the Son of God came and inhabited a physical body. He came and inhabited a physical body. He did not come as a spirit. He came as a man. He came as a human being who walked around and did human, normal man things. <coughs> he inhabited a physical body. That's called the incarnation. Excarnation is when we stop believing that God still inhabits the physical. Now, I know how this happens. I know how this happens. I know how we do this. Because there's all these passages in the Bible where God makes it very clear that the material world is, first of all, not going to last. Also, God has these verses that makes it clear, especially talking about his temple and his tabernacle, that he could not dwell in his tabernacle. That he, that, he, that he was too big for that. When you know, Solomon built this temple for God, and then he shows it off to God, and God shows up and basically said, thanks a lot, Solomon, but that's not big enough for me. And it's, you know, it's like if, 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 uh, if uh, I bought you a house and you said, you came over and you looked at it, so well, I, I like it, it's really cute, but our family won't fit in it, Okay? We need five bedrooms, and it's got two. God says, you know, this place isn't big enough for me. So we, we take these verses to, to say, okay, that God doesn't care about the physical. But J.I. Packer said something years ago. He said, a half-truth masquerading as the whole truth becomes an untruth. I want to tell you something. Matter matters to God. <laughs> Matter matters the physical affects the spiritual. The Bible says of Jesus, the word was made flesh. Visual communications make a statement without having to use words. I remember James Robinson, years ago, Baptist preacher, I heard a tape of him preaching, South Texas. And he was preaching to this group of people in this town 
like a citywide meeting, had all the churches together, and he began to tell them how, how um, unmotivated they were. And he was preaching a hard sermon to these people. He began to preach to them about how unmotivated they were, and to be honest, he used words like pathetic. I mean, he really was rough on them. And, and I don't agree with him. He was, he was, it was kind of like, like if Donald Trump were to preach the gospel. I mean, that's how, that's how, that's how he came across. I'm not, I'm not being political when I say that. So, I, I, sorry, I, I shouldn't have said that, right? But I... <laughs> but, you know, I remember he used this illustration. He said, I drive through the... I drove through your cemetery in your town, and you don't even cut the grass in your cemetery. That's how, that's how apathetic you people are. <laughs> you know, it does make a difference if you cut your grass in your cemetery. Neglecting the physical and the material is, you know what it is? It's an insider's blind spot. You know, it's an insider. And that happens to churches sometimes. When we get, we know how wonderful we are. We know how sweet we are. We know how talented we are. So it's kind of like when you go home. When I go home today, I'm telling you what, I'm going to put on some old sweats and an old T-shirt and a pair of sneakers with holes in them because I'm trying to get my pool open, you know? That's what I'm going to do when I get home today, and I don't care what you think about it because I'm home. That's what happens to churches we go, hey, we know we're great. We, we're, we're home, man. We, how many of you last week when you came in and you saw how the room was set up, you were blessed by that? Huh? How many of you were blessed by that? I can't tell you how many people told me. I mean, the introverts in the church were telling me. We're gushing about it pastor that was wonderful we ought to do that all the time because the physical matters the physical is a is a representation of the spiritual even nature identifies intent from appearance you ever watch those little youtube videos where they where where the male species of a bird or animal is trying to attract a female and they display all these brilliant colors, and they're dancing around. I mean, I never had to, to do anything like that to get a, to get a mate, you know. <laughs> I probably should have, you know. Later on, later on, I had to, you know. <laughs> you know, never mind. Uh, <laughs> God creates the world to invite us to engage with it. Have you noticed that? That's a scene from God's world. God created this world. He, he could have created it. He could have created all drab grays and black and black and white, created a world in black and white with no color and with no majesty. He could have created a world like that, but he created a world like this to invite you to engage in it. That's the basis of art. I believe God is in art. I believe God has anointed art in music and beauty and all of that. I mean, I'm looking down here, I, I, you know, I'm looking down here at Megan Pear, who you sell uh, makeup, right? Why do you do that, Megan? Huh? Because beauty matters. How would our face, uh, what, you know, if, if, if I came in here today dressed like I'm going to be dressed this afternoon, it would offend you. 
You would be rightly offended. You would say there's something wrong with his relationship with God, wouldn't you? I'm going to be honest. Our outward presentation shouldn't contradict our hidden qualities and talent. Ever give a bad presentation? Oh, I have many times. I've given a lot of bad presentations. I've given presentations where I know I came across in a certain way and I would go home and go, you know, I'm better than that. I'm smarter than that. I, I can do better than, uh, but I, 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 I failed today, you know. Or, or have you ever gone in, uh, you, you guys, have you ever gone to something, an event with your wife and, and you dressed up and you, you were clean and you were all right, everything was perfect. And as you're walking in the door, your wife turns to you and says, your breath smells horrible. And you go, do you have a breath mint? She says, no. No breath mints. Your breath is horrible. You look perfect otherwise. You think you're going to win somebody to Jesus that day? No, you're not. Unless, unless their olfactory faculties are broken. Their sense of smell. Unless the sense of smell is gone, you're probably not going to lead them to Jesus. Or the Holy Spirit supernaturally, which he can do that, by the way. But he doesn't normally. That's why we call them miracles, because they're not normals. Because he, the Holy Spirit depends on the physical. Uh, <clears throat> there are a few things that I hear every week. People, and it breaks my heart. And I know we got a lot of people traveling this week, and we got some people sick, and we got a group of people uh, I know that were engaged in the Doug Flutie event, and so... We got, some, we got a little room here this morning, but it hasn't been that way. And you know what I'm hearing every week? Our, our bigger problem is the parking lot. What I hear every week is people driving away. Literally, I hear the stories almost every week. Someone watched someone drive away, or someone told us later they drove away because they couldn't park. For all that reason, for all this... We have a physical problem to solve at Bethany Community Church right now. Part of our next step in knowing God and making him known involves solving a physical problem. I'm going to show you some images. Some of you have seen them before, some things we're talking about doing. And I want you to know this is a part of our next step. And, but to create a, a, a more inviting uh, env environment, to create an environment where, where our guests and our visitors don't have to walk over there to the gym in order to have fellowship, but they can have fellowship in the flow of where they come into the church. And uh, we, we are talking about doing what we did last Sunday, even before we get do all of this, to do that on a permanent basis. Go ahead, and, and we'll talk more about this during the series, about how we believe God has directed us to do that. We believe God has showed us this is what will help. And we'll, we'll go to two services. We'll go ahead and go to two services. Perhaps we'll, we'll be talking more about it, but it looks like everything goes as planned. At the end of the series, we're going to go to two services because that's going to that's alleviate the parking problem. And not only that, but, but visitors aren't going to have this awkward thing and guests, this awkward thing of walking across the lobby to the gym to look at a room full of strangers, and it's confusing them. They don't always know where to go. Listen, we got to care about the physical that's a part of our next step. And let's make things. Did you show the rest of the pictures? I, I wasn't looking behind me. Yeah, did you show the sanctuary? Great. That's where we're going, guys. By God's grace, if, see, we got to be a team, though. God's got to speak to your heart. 
Can it just be that God spoke to the pastor? You, know, you, you remember what happened when, when God just spoke to the leader? And back in the, back in the book of Exodus, God only spoke to the leader? That did not end well. <laughs> I mean, the people ended up having a wild rock and roll party while, while the leader's having time with God. <laughs> and the leader goes down, he ends up smashing the commandments because he's so frustrated because the people didn't know what the leader knew. But I got good news for you today, man. The Holy Spirit has come and filled the church. Amen. Amen? So every one of you get to know what the leader knows. Every one of you have the vision, the leader's heart imparted to your heart if you will start listening to God and be with God, all right? Know God, make him known. Number two, prioritize the people you don't know yet. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 19 says, Therefore love the stranger, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. Remember, matter matters, but only because people matter. Remember, matter matters, but only because people matter. You know, we used to sing, everybody ought to know who Jesus is, and that song is still true. You should be nurturing and deepening your relationship you already have with, with, the, with, 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 your, with your Christian friends, yes. But the priority, listen to me, the priority of serious Christ followers has always been those who are, for any reason, disconnected with God. Those who are far from God for any reason, that is God's priority. The parable of the lost sheep makes this point. The shepherd leaves the 99 to go after the one. Hebrews 13, 2 makes this point. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers. The Great Commission in Mark chapter 16, 15 makes this point. It says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Now, Jesus could have just said <coughs> to his disciples... You know, they had this good thing going. They'd been together for three years. And he could have turned to his disciples in Mark chapter 16 and said, deepen your relationship with one another. Now, he did say that in other places. You see, see, we can walk and chew gum at the same time. We can deepen our relationship with one another and still obey the go into all the world and preach the gospel. But his parting words to them was not clump together not get to know each other better, though that's important. His parting words was go. He admonished them to scatter. Clumping, you know, is a natural social phenomenon of social groups. That's a natural phenomenon of social groups. In fact, it happens many Sunday mornings, and I have the vantage point of being up higher than you so I can look out. And when the lights come up and the service is over, it becomes a room full of circles because you turn to the people that you already know. You turn to the people that are your friends, that are your family, and you start having an in-depth conversation about, I'm sure it's about the sermon. <laughs> I'm sure you're talking, about, oh, can you believe what he said today? That was so deep, man. That was so amazing what he just said. I'm sure that's what you're talking about. <laughs> don't, don't be lying now. <laughs> but I, I want to give you a challenge. I want to call you to what I call the five and two plan. At the, here's the five and two plan. At the end of each service, I'm going to ask you, Bethany Community Church, to give five minutes to people that you do not know. Find out who they are. 
Tell them you're glad to meet them. Tell them who you are. Find out a little bit about them and about their life. And let them know that they are welcome to join your circle. So when your circle does convene, they can be a part of a circle. And they're not wandering around the room looking at all the circles. Well, I guess this church doesn't need me because they all know each other. And they're all involved. Well, see, the, the, so I want to ask you to do five and two. What's well, the two? Here's the two. The two is this. I want to ask you to commit your, to me that Easter and Christmas, two Sundays, you will have a guest sitting next to you when you come to church. You will bring someone with you. I will give you 50 Sundays to not do that. I'll give you 50 Sundays to come by yourself, selfishly, Come by yourself to church. If you will give me two Sundays, that you will say there's two Sundays, the Christmas service and the Easter service. We'll let you know when it is. I will make sure those two services, I will have someone sitting next to me who does not normally come to this church, doesn't normally come, I will have them sitting next to me to hear about the gospel of Christ. And you, you want to be excited. You want to have, you want to experience the full benefit of being in church. It's when your guest signs a card and says, I've decided to become a follower of Jesus Christ. You will have fulfilled your purpose as a believer and you will be happier than anything you can buy or purchase could ever give you because you're fulfilling the purpose of God for your life. Amen. Finally, make knowing God a personal mission. John 17, 3. Now this is eternal life, that, you may, that they may know you, he's praying to his Father, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I'm so happy that God has handed me this simple purpose for my life, and that is to know him. And I can enjoy that every day from the way I plan my devotions in the morning to how I spend my day. The most valuable people on earth are those who know God and make him known. Just because the natural is first doesn't mean it's the most important. The spiritual is the most important, of course. We're in a time, you know, when everything is political. Everything has become political. You can't hardly make a statement that does, it's not political today. I find that a little frustrating it's easy to forget, though, that the most important things in life are not political, but they're theological. I said the most important things in life are not political, they're theological. Amen. They're about God. God has gone to extraordinary lengths to let us know that he wants to have a personal relationship with us. God said to Israel in Deuteronomy 4.29, you will find me when you seek for me with all of your heart. By the way, when we're talking about next steps, we're not, we're not, we aren't just talking about moving on to the next thing. We're talking about establishing something in our lives that's going to become a habit. And knowing God is going to become a habit. And let me say something else about knowing God. Knowing God is not just about praying and having devotions and reading the Bible, although it is about that. It's about, it's about planning on and living as though you're experiencing God in the everyday adventures of life. Mike, uh, Mike, uh, Mike Schmidt is a Catholic priest, and I heard him speaking this week 
uh, on, via video at, at an Alpha conference. And he talked about this friend. He talked about this friend that he has who has such a heart for God. His friend's name is Nick. And this friend, Nick, has, Nick Davidson, has such a heart for God. And he, and he told this little story about how his friend went, was invited to speak. His friend was a youth pastor at that time and was invited to speak at this conference in Wisconsin. And he's on his way to the conference. He's on the interstate, and he witnesses an accident. Or, or, or he comes upon an, an accident that's happened. It's starting to get dark. He can see that no one is hurt in the accident, and everybody's okay. But... Parts of the automobile that were in the accident, one of the cars was in the highway. So he's on his way to speak at this conference. He needs to get there, and I know how that feels, and I know what I would have done if it had been me. I would go, oh, everybody's fine. I hope there's room for me to get around so I can get on to do my thing. But evidently, Mike or, or, or Nick has a heart for God, so he's always looking for the adventure that God has for them, and he's willing to be interrupted. So he says, what can I do? And so he pulls over, and he starts directing traffic. The only thing he had was his cell phone with a flashlight, and it's getting dark, and that's all he's got, and he's directing traffic. And he's directing traffic, and a big truck comes up, and the truck driver leans down and says, do you have a vest? And he said, no, I'm, I'm not cold. He said, I mean a reflective vest. And he throws him a reflective vest, so now, now he's got his iPhone and reflective vest, and, and he's directing traffic around the car. And th then, a, then a, um, a, 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 a highway patrolman comes up, says, hey, son, are you directing traffic? He said, yes, sir. He said, well, do you have any cones? No. Well, you do now. He dumped him some cones out, so now he's got cones and he's directing traffic. And he says, do you have a, a better flashlight than that? He said, no. And he gives him one of those great big giant mag flashlights. And so now he's got a reflective vest, he's got cones, and he's got a big mag flashlight. I'm telling you, what's, what's happening to Nick? Nick is finding out what it's like to live in the adventure of serving, in the adventure of knowing God, how God begins to supply everything that we need and make incredible supernatural things happen when we, when we dedicate ourselves to doing his work and doing his will. The Bible says this, there's this great little verse in Daniel chapter 11, but the people who, don't know their, who, who do know their God, or the people who do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Can we, can we get that verse on the screen? That's just too good for people not to see it and get it in their notes. It wasn't in my original notes. But the people who do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. I don't know. I'm, I'm probably asking too much to get that thrown up there at this point. But let's move on. J.I. Packer said, We're cruel to ourselves if we try to live in this world without knowing God, whose world it is and who runs it. As far as I know, Christianity is the only religion that starts with God letting you know him. That starts with God letting you know him as opposed to giving you a path to know him. As far as I know, we're the only religion that can offer that. <clears throat> and I love the fact that everybody you know is seconds away from being a child of God. They're seconds away. Amen? You know... I love this quote by Tim Keller. The only person who dares wake up a king at 3 a.m. for a glass of water is a child. <laughs> we have that kind of access. That's what we have to offer the world. That's why we want to make the back of the sanctuary more inviting. That's why we want to have two services. Because everybody, we want everybody to have access to God. 
This means you and every person you know is ready. Jesus went to the cross to make knowing God possible. He died for our sins to make knowing God possible. God sent the Holy Spirit to enable us to make God known to others. I want our prayer partners to come right now and get in place. Communion is ready to be served. And we didn't put it in a little thing that you're going to open up and spill over yourself today. Funny thing, I watched a, a video of a very, very large church in the South where the, from last Sunday, the same Sunday, and the pastor gets to the end, and they hand him the same thing they handed me last Sunday. And he says to the congregation, now, congregation, this is a little hard to open. <laughs> so, so it happens to the best of us, right? But no, communion is normal today. We're well, back to our normal anyway, and I love communion, by the way. This is such... It's such an important act to, to, to go into communion saying, this is a part of my act of knowing God. Because when I, when I pick up those elements, I'm, I'm remembering the blood of Jesus, and I'm remembering the broken body of Jesus, and that's knowing God. How can I live that out today? You know, these days, lots of people's first experience of knowing God, and this is a good thing, by the way, is serving, serving other people. That's a lot of people today. The, the world I live in, this is a good thing, by the way. I'm not criticizing it. The world I live in, people uh, want to get involved in helping the downtrodden and the marginalized. And that's, that's very much the heart of God, so I have no problem with that. Uh, but it's a lot of people's first experience. Uh, a, a lady that I met through the day, I, I brought her to the Blessing Barn and introduced her to Sherry, and she's talking about volunteering. She's not ready to come to church. But she's interested in volunteering at the Blessing Barn, and that's kind of her first step in, in being. So a lot of people are like that today. They want to serve, and, 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 and so, so that's, that's cool. I have no problem with that. However, it's important that you not only have a serving relationship with God. The only, the only problem with that is you might think, God will now love me because I'm serving I can have a relationship with God. So you have a serving relationship with God. You don't have a saving relationship with God. And maybe you're here today, and maybe you have even come here, and you volunteered at the happy place, or you volunteered in the nursery, or you volunteered to help at Sandy's, and you, you, that's beautiful. You're experiencing God by doing that, by the way. You're experiencing the love of God when you do that. But I want to invite you to step beyond a serving relationship with God and come to a saving relationship with God where you admit that all of your good works are not enough, that they will not elevate you to the place, but God is giving you salvation as a free gift. And he wants to be your savior today. And I just would love it today if some of you would walk up here and pray with these prayer partners and your reason for coming, you would say, I want to know God through Jesus. I want to know God. I want to accept Christ as my personal Savior. And I want Him to bring me into the presence of the Father and bring the presence of the Father into me so I can now know Him and not just serve Him. I'm going to pray. And when I'm done praying, I want you to get out of your seats and come if you want to become a Christian. There's a card in the back of your seat that, that's a, a made new card. I'd love for you to take that card and fill that out, hand it to the prayer partner. And they may even have some up here, I'm not sure. But, but fill that card out so we can, we can help you in your walk and your walk with Jesus Christ. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for the congregations here today. I pray that those people who need to take that next step of knowing God. And you said the way we know you is to come to Jesus. And Jesus, you will introduce us to the Father. And you will make us known to the Father. 
That's what you said. So we want to enter into that today. And I pray for believers that are here today who need to become a part of a next step of making God known. That we will step out of our self-interest, our normal human selfishness that we all have. And today we will think, even when this service is over, who does not, who, who do I not know and who in this room may not know God yet the way I know him. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's enter into response time, Bethany.